0: Alrighty, Bears fans, let's get going with our three and out takeaways here on We Are Regal Radio after a very dramatic Bears win, the first season opening win since 2013, if you can believe it. And uh, in today's three and out, we're going to kind of go with the good, the bad and the ugly, a little cliche, but I think really fits well for the Bears and uh, this victory that they had over the Detroit Lions. Uh, 27 to 23 came down to the final seconds too. Uh, So with the good, that's where we will start first and foremost. Uh, To me, there was a lot of bad and ugly to go around in this game to really fill up the entire time. But there is one really shiny good spot that I want to bring attention to because I don't know if it's been – quite talked about enough, and that is the Bears rushing attack. And this was a big point of emphasis in all the We Are Regal radio previews. You can hear me on the Davis show. And even back when Dee was with us in the D and Davis show, we talked about it to nauseum at the end of last season, all the way to the start of the season yesterday. And that is the Bears needing to commit to running the football. And matt nagy just flat out ignored it at parts last year and maybe it wasn't quite ignoring maybe it was hey we're not having any success here when it comes to blocking when it comes to our running backs hitting the hole uh the plays that we're calling or game planning with you know throughout the week whatever the reason is matt nagy decided to shy away from the run and then mitch trubisky on top of it was putting a point of emphasis of winning in the pocket so he was kind of deliberately not running to try to prove that he can do it with his arm and that also hurt the rushing attack so going fast forward now into 2020 we all know that Mitch Trubisky was probably going to be between 2018 and 2019 uh, not expecting a huge jump not expecting hey, this dude's going to be voted into the Pro Bowl and not just be selected as a Pro Bowl alternate because most of the quarterbacks in the NFC didn't want to do it, like was the case in 2018 for Mitch Trubisky. So we knew that Mitch was going to probably have his struggles. And one way to help out an average to below-average quarterback, especially when you got a great defense, is to run the football. Pretty easy, right? Pretty simple. If you run the football... You keep your defense, your best unit, on the sideline, resting. You also keep the opponent's defense on the field and make them tired out. You impose your will, especially later on in games. There's an attrition effect, usually with running the football. If you do it enough throughout the game and you do it successfully enough with enough smash mouth, a lot of times in that fourth quarter, you start seeing big runs being pulled off because teams are just sick of of tackling, plain and simple. So... All these factors, all these thoughts, bringing in Juan Castillo, bringing in the other uh, assistant coaches on offense, it was clear if the Bears were going to do anything, regardless of how good uh, Mitch Trubisky was going to play, they needed to get back to having some balance in their offense and a dedication to the fo- running the football. So let's just look at the first three quarters of this game, because at the end of three, the score was 23-6, to six, clear favor for Detroit. And when you hear that score going into the fourth quarter, just right away, fans, you know that the team that's losing that has six points to 23, that is a 17-point differential. That is three possessions, two touchdowns, one field goal at a minimum. Uh, you could also, I guess, get there with the safety and two touchdowns, and two point conversions, but that's, that's a different thing. So you need three scores, basically. Uh, you're going to have to throw the football and probably going to have to throw it a little bit exclusively because you don't have a ton of time and you just don't know how many possessions you can get in a quarter. Hopefully you can get enough to get three. Uh, Certainly the Bears were threatening at the beginning of the fourth quarter, so that's basically like a free possession. But regardless of that, down 23-6, to up until that point, the Bears had a total of 24 rushes compared to passes – They had a total of 26, so a 24 to 26 run-to-pass ratio. That shows dedication, and that shows an emphasis of the run game. So that's two great check marks for Matt Nagy and his staff right there. Then it goes down to execution. The offensive line was probably the best position group in that game. I mean, you could definitely put them in the argument, especially when it came to run blocking. Uh, Detroit doesn't have a great front seven and a defensive line. So you want to kind of push those guys around, and that's exactly what the Bears did to a tune of 149 rushing yards. Uh, Simply terrific, terrific stuff from uh, the Bears, and it was really divvied out. Across, Uh, David Montgomery, 13 attempts, 64 yards, fresh off that groin injury, too. So, clearly, he uh, did a great job rehabbing and came back pretty quick. Tariq Cohen, seven rushes for 41 yards. Cordell Patterson, four rushes for 19 yards. Mitch Trubisky, three rushes for 26 yards. Really balanced, and Mitch is not the sole... Uh, running game either. This is an emphasis more so on the running backs and the three running backs that we all expected to get heavy uh, carries because the Bears really didn't address acquiring more running backs, which was Montgomery, Cohen, and Patterson. And Patterson, we know, is the converted receiver. So if Matt Nagy continues and this offensive line continues to block, and I should say with Matt Nagy continues to call run plays, if they continue this dedication to the run, this is going to be a huge, huge positive to the Bears. Because if you remember back to the We Are Regal Radio season preview, one of the things I highlighted between the differences of the 2018 offense and the 2019 offense was the significant drop in running. Uh, the Bears in 2018 with the 11th best rushing attack, and I believe in 2019 they were 29th You can't expect to be a good offense when you're one of the worst rushing teams in the league unless you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And clearly the Bears don't have that. So big kudos again to Matt Nagy and the Bears offense and the Bears coaches for game planning, calling it and executing it and obviously the running backs great job of finding the hole getting through the hole and being tough to take down in that second level they put a lot of pressure on the Lions and it certainly helped your quarterback Mitch Trubisky who had a terrible first three quarters of that game without that running attack and how soft the Bears defense played overall this could have been an an even uglier loss than what it looked like going into the fourth quarter so Big kudos again to Matt Nagy and his offense for running the football. That has to be the formula. It doesn't necessarily have to be 50-50, but that dedication to the run has to be every week. Okay, now let's move on in our three and out uh, review of that opening 27-23 victory of the Bears over the Lions. Let's go to the bad. We'll save the ugly for last. And for my bad... I'm going to go actually with the quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I want to just preface this that you could very easily go Mitch as the ugly here. And this bad is more concerning than the ugly is going to be. So just a little just a little uh, uh, context to this bad. So the reason why I didn't go Mitch Trubisky as the ugly is because that fourth quarter really saved himself a little bit and i'll get to all that but let's start from the beginning so mitch clearly in this game to me if you want to look at any type of positives from him and this is very low bar stuff don't don't get me wrong this isn't like oh let's get the praise machine out like this should have been last year but whatever uh he looked comfortable in the offense He might have still had a little of that deer in the headlights look, I guess. People were kind of saying that. But to me, I felt he was pretty in control of the offense, knew where he wanted to go with the football. Really, his problem in those first three quarters was just inaccuracy. He has what he wants on multiple uh, throws that we saw. There was that one to Jimmy Graham where it looked like he floated it for some reason and Jimmy Graham mistimed it. Uh, There was also a throw to Ted Ginn Jr. that was way behind him on a fourth down early in that game where he puts the ball out in front. Ted Ginn probably catches that and the drive continues. Uh, You could definitely point that out with multiple deep balls to, well, not necessarily deep, but 20 yards or more to Allen Robinson. Uh, just really all over the place for those first three quarters. And it was very disheartening to see. I mean, you could see the headlines being written. You could feel the talk show radio hosts or all the uh, Chicago sports program ready to jump on him and ready to jump on the Bears, quite frankly, and say, this is the guy for real. This is what you saw. This is what is the best quarterback option for the Bears in 2020 after seeing basically this all in 2019 and so those first three quarters extremely rough defense isn't playing great uh your running game is the good as we point out but not gonna be able to win this football game for you the only way the bears were gonna win that game when you got to the fourth quarter was probably with the defense creating a turnover and obviously stopping all the scoring couldn't give up any more scores and then it was gonna take mitch it was gonna take mitch and a heroic effort and he started throwing the football downfield in that fourth quarter and he hit some guys and he hit them really accurately and I mean these were downfield throws especially that last throw that he had in the game uh, the critical throw the, which ended up being the game-winning touchdown 27 yards to Anthony Miller perfectly over his shoulder only he could get it makes the beautiful catch doesn't even really have to adjust to the football too much unlike earlier when he made an amazing one-handed grab but still A solid ball from Mitch, and in that fourth quarter, Mitch, uh, I mean, he killed it. He was 9 of 10, I believe, and he was a perfect type of passer rating. I mean, three touchdowns, and you talk about his overall day. He was in the 50s, I believe, heading into the fourth quarter. He ends his day with a quarterback rating of 104.2. So, you know, clearly – uh, all the talk this week, building up to the Giants is going to be Mitch has to show the consistency or the abilities that he showcased in that fourth quarter, doing it over an entire four quarter, 60 minute football game, or at least getting started a lot earlier. I mean, it, it, it's one thing, you know, all quarterbacks will struggle here and there and, and not put together a good quarter or a good game. That's, that's completely understandable. But for Mitch, you got to see him attacking earlier and, hitting some of those downfield throws earlier because certainly in that Detroit game when I mentioned the Jimmy Graham pass or uh, some of the other missed throws like that Ted Ginn Jr. on fourth down you convert those and you get the touchdowns that he barely missed like the the throw to Demetrius Harris in the end zone he missed on that boot had him wide open and then also missed a Jimmy Graham just out outside his outstretched arms for a touchdown or at least be down at the one yard line. So, if he hits a few of those, I mean, this game has a totally different tone, totally different feel, and Detroit, offensively, probably has to attack a little bit differently than they were doing, and they were gashing the Bears' defense when it came to the rushing attack. Maybe you can't run the ball as much, or maybe you feel that it's better to throw the ball more if you're Detroit, if the Bears had put up some points earlier in the game. So, definitely mitch was the bad for this week he's got to find a way to kind of get that fourth quarter mentality and what i mean by that is it seemed like in the fourth mitch didn't have time to really think he really had to just and he even said this in his post game it was not thinking it was just only focusing on that next play mentality he achieved that in that fourth quarter now it's easy to achieve that when guns to your head as a quarterback like hey you got to make these throws or you lose and mitch to his credit if there's anything we got to give him maybe some props on he's always seemed like a quarterback that can handle the late game uh composure stuff he did in that playoff game against the eagles when he had those great throws to al robinson to get his team in field goal range we've seen him be composed late in games. Like uh, I think of the Denver Broncos game last year, where he got a roughing the passer, but he also made a couple key throws. That if he doesn't make those throws, Eddie Pinero doesn't get the chance to kick a field goal. You don't have a chance to steal it. So we've seen multiple times where Mitch has that composure late in games. Really, his thing is just playing and and you know not thinking about his feet, not thinking about the throws, just getting it down and uh, certainly his inaccuracy is going to be a question mark all his career or all season long whatever you want to say definitely could be the thing that stops him from being a great quarterback. Because I think he might have everything else he just but if you're not accurate it's impossible to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league because the best quarterbacks in the league have one unteachable trait at least, at least when it comes to the physical tangibles. And that trait is accuracy and you can't teach accuracy. So we'll see what Mitch does. It's gonna be the saga of Mitch. And certainly it looked like the saga was coming to an end real quick, but he found a way to pull it out of the flames. And maybe this is the confidence booster he needs to get going. And I would think overall as a team, as a franchise, everyone's feeling a little bit better about Mitch today than they were even just yesterday. So at least that's one positive, but definitely not good enough. If you're Mitch Trubisky, you got to play a lot better, especially against better competition because versus that Lions team, uh, he was able to get away with a lot of things that he probably can't get away with with other teams. All right, now we get to the ugly. The ugly and unfortunately i gotta go with the defense here and i'm gonna go with the defense as a unit including the coaches everybody and i want to preface this ugly with a little bit of context as well i'm not overly concerned going forward certainly if they if this defense puts together another bad performance against the giants now we're talking about getting the worries out but right now not worried And the second thing is, with COVID and having no preseason games, the abbreviated training camp, I would not be surprised if defenses take a little bit longer to get going. And, for example, there are certain things you just can't drill. There are certain things in football you need to play to get better at, and tackling is one of those things. And in training camps today, teams don't really tackle. Teams don't tackle much at all. You get maybe a few padded practice and you go a little bit of live, but I mean, we're talking compared to back in the day. uh, Practices you would hit as hard, if not harder, than game day. Those days are long gone. So, how is a a tackler or a defensive player practice tackling when he can't tackle in practice? I mean, you got to get it done through games, and preseason is a big part in getting that timing, getting that feel. And certainly you can do drills to boost some tackling and you can do a little bit, but really tackling is about getting it done and doing it live against some of these really talented ball carriers that have all types of mobility and fluidity that they can just make a slight move. And it makes it so hard to tackle these guys versus tackling some dummy that can't move at all. And I'm not talking about a person, the old football dummy. but. Defensively, way too much given up to the Detroit Lions. Matt Stafford looked pretty good. He had 306 yards and only one turnover created by the defense, and they got that takeaway thanks to an Eddie Jackson pass breakup. looked like maybe Matt Stafford panicking a little bit, Uh, momentum completely on the Bears' side, tried to force a pass with uh, Eddie Jackson shadowing. He comes down, makes a great play on the football to bat it up and Kyle Fuller does the job of picking it off and getting the Bears a takeaway so that was obviously good but that came a huge point don't get me wrong but not much was created before then in terms of pass rush in terms of getting any type of takeaways Uh, 306 yards given up through the air 138 given up on the ground Detroit only had one extra rushing attempt on the Bears at 29 and they also had five extra or I'm sorry six extra passing attempts. So overall both teams ran about the same amount of plays, but the Bears defense really really struggled. Matt Stafford was 3 yards shy of 300. He ends with a quarterback rating of 77.2, but it would have been much much higher if he didn't throw that interception and let's not forget DeAndre Swift, the running back from the Lions, had the football in his hands in the end zone, both feet down with about six seconds left in that game. He holds on to that football, doesn't drop it, and wasn't dropped because the Bears player got in the way or anything. He just lost concentration. He doesn't drop that football. He gets a touchdown. I mean, we're talking Matt Stafford, easily a quarterback rating, probably in the 110s, 120s, with two touchdowns, no interceptions, a running game that had... 138 yards Uh, that's not a good day at the office at all and overall for this Bears defense you you look at things like what are the sack numbers well there was only one sack and that was on Akeem Hicks and Matt Stafford really held on to the football really long on that one Uh, the cornerbacks like Jalen Johnson Kyle Fuller I thought they played pretty solid the safeties I thought played solid as well but you saw breakdowns in coverage I think that's a reps thing. I think that's getting used to some new pieces, some new parts. You got our young rookie. Clearly, he's going to be late on some things, and they were trying to target Jalen Johnson a little bit. Tayshon Gibson looked out of position on a few of those throws from Matt Stafford. would make sense seeing as how he really didn't have much of a training camp with an injury, and he's with a brand-new defense, brand-new scheme. That might take some time to get going. No uh, uh, Robert Quinn for the Bears and we know how important Robert Quinn is to what we think this Bears defense can be and without him you thought still the Bears should be fine with Keem Hicks, Khalil Mack but they still couldn't just get after the passer and very few guys won one-on-one opportunities until I would say late in that game probably about the fourth quarter so just it just seemed like the Bears defense took too long to really get going they started off strong but kind of withered and maybe the biggest thing to take away i mean certainly the pass defense has to get better but you would think that's going to get better with a healthy robert quinn jalen johnson getting more experience under his belt and Tayshawn gibson getting more and more comfortable working with eddie jackson and the cornerbacks so i'm not overly worried again on the bears defense when it comes to the passing game if you want to put any worry on the bears defense I think you got to look at that run game because Eddie Goldman, the nose tackle, the lack of his presence was huge because he is arguably their best uh, run defender when it comes to the defensive line. And he helps keep those linebackers extremely clean by taking on double teams, and he's very good at doing that. So not having him certainly, certainly is a, is a big loss. And they're going to have to kind of figure out that run defense, but you can't be gashed the way that they were by Kerryon Johnson and Adrian Peterson, especially when we talked or when all the talk going into the game was how many inactives from the Detroit Lion offensive line. Uh, they lost uh, their left tackle, I believe. Uh, before the game, he was inactive. They had so many young, inexperienced guys coming in that were making, you know, f- basically their fresh starts. I mean, not really. They've been in NFL games. I'm sure they've made starts, but it's usually been because of injury, not because they won the job and this is your position. So Bears defense has to figure out a way to be much better against uh, some of these bad opponents. But definitely when you talk about playing a team like the Houston Texans later on, the, the New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, some of these offenses we expect to be prolific you know, those are games where the defense is going to be heavily leaned on and they're going to have to show up. So they got to iron out whatever kinks, whatever issues they're having right away. And at least if any positive, with you say with this ugly, I guess I'll say two positives. One, I think we all are in agreement that this is probably not going to be a lasting problem. So hopefully that is the case. Two, they played pretty solid in that fourth quarter when the team needed them the most. And even though, yes, they gave up that final drive and should have given up a game-winning touchdown, they did not, and I still think in that fourth quarter, though, that they looked like a team that was capable of shutting down and being an elite defense once again.